This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off using the code SWN20 for that 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I am the mighty Caleb Valhalla, and this is SWN. Skull! 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 Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. And even though technical difficulties try to intervene, I am joined by the Scandinavian dragon, Alice Inc. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I noticed that you've you've kind of been following uh, well our Twitter for for a while, and and I've I've been kind of waiting. I've been waiting for a Scottish uh, for a match for you having Scotland going. Right now she's had it. Let's get her on the show. Let's just get get her, get her in onto the show because <laughs> um, I was kind of made aware of, of you through um, Kurt Johansson did his Scandi Grap series and your name kind of came up and during that as well. So uh, your, your name's been been around that I've, I've noticed for for a wee while. So I'm glad that we've I've now got a reason to get you on get you on my show here. <laughs> no, and I, I finally got to make my. Uh... Scottish debut, and I'm super happy about that because that's actually uh, it's one of the places I've really been looking forward to. So, uh, shake the first match off, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. So, well, well, we'll probably get into that a little bit. I like to try and do things as much as I can in timeline order, so we will get to that probably near near the end. But we'll start right at the beginning. Uh, the probably the most common question you'll get, ever get asked as a, as a wrestler, and also one that we got in from. Um, CM underscore punk underscore Sweden on Instagram, something of a similar vein. Um, what got you into wrestling? And his question is, or sorry, their question is, first memory of watching wrestling uh, on TV. So what what got you into wrestling? I mean, I didn't come into wrestling really as a fan. Uh, I knew what wrestling was. Uh, I'd watched uh, maybe a couple matches, a show I knew, I knew who Undertaker was. Uh that was kind of my wrestling knowledge to the point when I started training. Uh, I came in through, I had quite an extensive uh, martial arts experience coming into wrestling and um, focused a lot on that at the time. Uh, a friend got me to uh, to join a couple of live shows in, uh, in Stockholm, uh, which I thought was uh, really entertaining. Uh, did not consider the fact that I was going to be doing this uh, a little bit further down the line, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, then she called out um, maybe half a year after the last show we went to and was like, do you want to try wrestling with me? And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, it's always fun to try new stuff, right? Uh, I didn't understand that she actually asked to bring me to a tryout. Uh, that thought did not cross my mind at all. Uh, so we show up to this um, testing day, as I assumed it was. Um and it was a five-hour tryout, and uh, I had so much fun and love it for a bump. That's kind of what it was. <laughs> so, so, and I have not looked back since. <laughs> so, coming from um, a martial art background, then was there always? I mean, I always kind of imagine, not maybe not so much now, but um, was there a little bit of pro wrestling? Was was the fake stuff? It was it was the stuff you turned your not yourself, but it was turned your nose up at because it's you're doing real fighting, whereas that's kind of the entertainment yeah. side of things. Was there any? Any backlash when you decided, yeah, I want to try and give this a go because of that? It's a common 
it's not uncommon in martial arts to have that opinion about wrestling, I'd say. I've come across it quite a few times, uh, but not. Um, the club I come from is very open-minded with things, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the trainer I, I had at the time and still have when I have the time to go to the dojo, unfortunately, not so often as I wish. Uh, but he's actually... He's one of the people that's always been rooting for me in this in the wrestling world as well, and he thinks it's super fun. He loves the flashy stuff. I mean, he uh, and a lot of the the ideas that I actually bring into wrestling come from the martial art I have been doing beforehand, just to spice it up a little bit extra, uh, for, obviously for the crowd. But it is um, I, I was a good support in in the martial arts community as well, but. As you're saying, it is uh, it's not uncommon for people to it is rigged, right? I mean, it's not it's not for real, and maybe a little bit, you know, nose up the air for it, kind of. But um, I'd say it's not it's not too bad in in Sweden though. It's not wrestling was not really a thing uh, when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was uh, late night TV on a TV channel that most people didn't have. Very few actually followed wrestling. Uh, I didn't know anyone. Uh, wrestling was not there wasn't anything that you talked about uh, I mean some people obviously played the games and uh, and had that as a hobby but uh, it's not it's not something you came across yeah so... it was like the, the odd uh, newspaper article unfortunately about the tragedies made it to Sweden mm. um, but apart from that it was kind of an unknown at the time for me right yeah because I've had a couple couple of, of Scandinavian guests on in the past and that, that seems to be quite a common thing. It's, if it's the video games, you're lucky if you see anything, and if you do, and then YouTube became a thing, and yeah. then that's, that's kind of when when um, you got into wrestling more. So, when it comes to that love at first bump thing, then just from my, my own timeline here, how many tattoos did you have at that point? Because you must have a high tolerance <laughs> for pain, not only doing martial arts, but I've seen I've seen I've seen the photos on Instagram. I've seen the how many tattoos you have, and I'm just like, yeah, you must be just pain must mean nothing to you <laughs> i mean i don't i don't enjoy pain but i i can't tolerate it if you know what i mean it's uh but yeah it's a uh, means to an end uh pain is there you you stick through what you decided on doing and same with tattoos same with wrestling same with martial arts uh, you make up your mind and then you go for it so uh but yeah so some of the tattoos have been super painful uh quite a few as you pointed out uh and that's that's life. Life isn't always. Uh, you, you have to put yourself through things as well to to get where you want to go. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, I always love tattoos. And I always, uh, since I started with the wrestling, I just I just love doing it. And yeah, some things some things are gonna hurt, and you have to decide is this uh, is gonna hurt just for now? Then then it's fine. It's gonna be long term damage. Obviously, that's a different beast. But try not to think about that too much. I would say. I mean, much like um, well, tattoos and wrestling, I suppose it's an addiction as well because of that out- positive outlook you have on it. Going well, if I, if I'm if I get if we're kicking each other for ten minutes, then but at the end the crowd cheers or or are on their feet, then it's fine. That's it was worth doing that that ten minutes of of doing the same with tattoos. If you're in for a I don't know three hour session, but at the end you get to see the the finished masterpiece and work, then it's it's all worth that kind of thing. For myself, exactly. I. I've, I keep forgetting how painful tattoos are until I get until I book the next one, and then I start it gets started. I'm going, I why did I forget this? How did I forget <laughs> this? And then in the end, I'm like, oh, it was really nice. And then next day, 
well, wonder where I'm going to get my next one. Let's book another one in. It's just uh, one of those very weird yeah. things. I've, and I've only, I only stuck, I've stuck to the arms. I'm not going any anywhere else because they were, I don't have a high paid threshold. That's enough for me. That, that'll do. I'll stick there. But just seeing the. Yeah, but- some, some places on the arms as well, like you know, in the in the armpits and so on. It's not, that's not it's not very nice. It really isn't. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, you get you get to see it at the end, and it's just uh, yeah, like I say, it's art at the end of the day. Um, so we're gonna go right again back to start. We talked about how you got into wrestling and and how you actually became into wrestling. You end up being conned into a five hour tryout, and somehow uh, <laughs> you're still here in the end of it, and your your friend still, I assume, a friend. Uh, even though they've they they threw you into the deep end straight away. Um, yeah. 2018. She, she, she's not wrestling at the point though. She's still doing martial arts. So, right, so but I have everything to thank for her bringing me to that tryout. So, so, so not only did she she throw you into the deep end, but then she went, "No, you can leave it. You can do it yourself now. Well, I'll just uh, we'll go do. I'll stick to well, the martial arts." it was basically, "Yeah, great. Have fun. I don't have time for this." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> But no, I had so much fun. I made so many like friends as well, and not just in Sweden, obviously in the wrestling community here, but all around the world. So I'm super, super grateful. Um, so I've got your debut down as 2018, um, a tag team match with uh, your team with Ender Cara. So when you found out that you were making your debut, uh, whether it was that match or cage match is completely wrong, um, did you feel like you were ready for it? Was or were you just, again, throwing the deep end? You were told the night before you're making your debut. What was the kind of situation there? Uh, I did not feel ready for it. I'm still not sure I'm always ready for it, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, wrestling is such a process. Uh, some aspects, uh, I mean, I had so much with me from the martial arts as well. Uh, and obviously being the first match, and for in it was a family show. And obviously all of the people in the match was people I knew. So it was a really, really good first uh, first match to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, I trained for about half a year at that point, which is not a long time. Um, I mean, I started training at the, somewhere along the February, I think, in uh, 2018. I did my first match uh, and I think it was the start of summer. So the time span in between there, I mean... I'd say most people should probably train longer than that before doing their first match. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's a small scene. It's uh, also lack of females, obviously, uh, as it is in a lot of places around Europe. Uh, so, yeah, you get, you get ushered into it quite quickly. Uh, but it has worked out pretty well for me. I got a lot of support and uh, obviously a good background as well too that I can kind of lean on when I feel I'm in deep waters. Like, well, I can still... I can still bring a lot of the martial arts stuff that I have been doing for so many years beforehand. So I can kind of make it work, but it is tough sometimes. And wrestling knowledge-wise as well, obviously, since I haven't watched wrestling growing up, it's so much apart from just the moves and just like the ring work that you need to understand and get a grasp of. And that's still something, always adding on, always trying to learn. I mean, I'm I'm still in my rookie years, if you ask me. Um, Just uh, had a... Very, very good run so far with my rookie years. Uh, I suppose, and then there's thrown in a, a pandemic in the middle of it, just, just, to, just to spice it up. Um, so, yeah, you said that, that your your knowledge was is still fairly fresh in your rookie year. So you mentioned Undertaker as someone that you saw. Um, <laughs> was there anyone that you were kind of told to check out uh, on, online or, or whatever to 
to help you to to oh definitely and I mean absolutely I got so many good recommendations early on as well people to look at people to so many different ones I mean Malachi Black was one of the early ones that was kind of like told to to look at obviously since this was uh, I started wrestling at the same time Ronda Rousey came into the picture as well uh, regardless what you think about her as a wrestler it's kind of like a lot of people made that comparison it's like try to move me into kind of like the MMA wrestler uh, type category quite early on as well so and obviously Io Shirai as well in the, the Japanese uh, or the, the work she did in Japan uh, before uh, before moving to the US and so on so I got a lot of good recommendations uh, I mean and along the way I found other ones obviously that I I mean Ronald Danielson was one of my absolute favorites to to watch I really like Loki as well, how he works in the ring. And uh, Rob Van Damme is also like making everything look gritty in a way. Uh, um, it's clean, but it's not clean, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and, it, looks, it uh, looks real or uh, as real as it can be. Absolutely. But there's so many. And I, I, try, I, I share a pick a lot because everything was kind of introduced at the same time. So I share a pick from different ages, different eras. Um, I obviously like the striking styles a lot when it's like hardcore um, striking, but also I do like the the flying in the lucha and you know, different spices from different places. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know, cooking a cooking a stew. You want different influences, different textures. Uh, try to make something that's going to be a, hopefully a phenomenal finished product. Whenever that's going to be, probably never. No one's ever finished, right? Uh, I mean- as a fan, there's some people you think, oh, they're the finished article already. But yeah, I suppose as someone. That's doing it themselves. You're probably, I don't know if you've watched back many of your matches, but you're probably one that'll sit down and just go, No, I could do that better. I could do that better. I could do this instead. Always. I mean, even as matches I'm super happy with and I know they went well, I got very good feedback from them. I always pick them apart. It doesn't matter. I I will pick anything apart that I'm a part of. Uh, But I think that's, uh, that's important as well to never settle for anything. You always want to get better if you don't have that drive then i think with anything in life if you don't have the drive to get better at something you obviously can do things with pure enjoyment right Mm -hmm. but if it is something you want to excel at you should always keep working at it otherwise there's no point in doing it and the day i wake up and feel like i have nothing more to learn in wrestling i'll probably quit (laughs) or maybe start as or start helping other people possibly but i mean it's a I don't think I'll reach that point when I feel like I'm I'm done with with learning. I think there's always going to be something new around the corner. So especially if you've got goals and aspirations and AEW Japan and 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 WWE wherever you end up or want to be, it's you got to add God add so many quivers to your bow and all that that kind of thing. Um, I do have it seems like a big jump now. My next note was was things like uh, Scandi Graps because you you did you were having matches everywhere and you said you're you're six months in when you when you first started so you're still kind of learning on the job as it goes uh but you, you got some big opportunities pretty quickly when it came to to wrestling things like the scandi graps tournament um i was noticing who Absolutely. you who you beat like ender cara who mentioned that you tag team with uh hanyadi tamash who's who we spoke to before this podcast and uh carlos samora who if i remember rightly he had the wwe tryout so that's that's a pretty big list of of competitors um absolutely i was terrified <laughs> to be honest i mean it was also straight out of um the pandemic more or less 
So, and wrestling training opportunities had been extremely scarce in, in Stockholm. Uh, we didn't have a place to have the ring out for trainings for the entire pandemic. Uh, I think I went one show um, before the scandal grabs, just which I'm very, very happy that the, that opportunity existed, just getting into the ring a little bit to feel like how was it to run the ropes? How was it taking a proper bump? Obviously, we tried getting trainings, but it was on Udo mats. Um, so we borrowed a place in a dojo to to do some, at least what we could do uh, safely. But it's not the same. You need a ring to train wrestling properly um, and get the distance, get the footing and everything and, tr and try to like figure out how, how the movements is going to work in, in real life. So yeah, Scandigrap was super scary uh, in that aspect. And also, I mean, obviously taking a chance of putting me in that tournament. I'm extremely grateful to Bodyslam for that because uh, that kind of became a stepping stone for to reaching a lot of other markets and people people got their eyes on me i'd say from that tournament uh, so yeah uh, that that was a really interesting one of my absolute still favorite matches uh, the finale against carlos amora is like one of one of my all-time favorites still so and i i think that holds up even if i still like i said i, I nitpick at it obviously i could have done that better i could have been a little bit faster i could have been a little bit cleaner there uh, but that's just what wrestling is, and not everything, not everything is gonna work exactly, exactly as you want it to. But you need to push through, and you need to make it, make it the best you can do in the moment. Obviously, that's always what it's about. Absolutely. So speaking of the pandemic, then, because because a lot of this, like you said, there was nothing. There was there was no nothing you train in. It was mostly online stuff. If you were able to do online on, online things, and uh, I know Luke and Sharp did his his online dojo. How did you kind of keep yourself preoccupied during that time uh, as as an, an athlete or, or just trying to, was it just studying? Was it just more study work instead? Or how did you keep yourself occupied during that? I mean, it was. It was a lot of watching wrestling, uh, trying to catch up on things. And uh, I watched a lot of old wrestling uh, at the time as well, trying to like, uh, we're older, uh, trying to understand how the product evolved as well. Um, but yeah, and I obviously I, I train like a maniac. Uh, I actually, just before the pandemic, I actually ripped my uh, my stomach uh, in the ring. <laughs> so I had an operation just just before, like a week before the pandemic closed down everything in Stockholm. Uh, very, very lucky that was before, not after, because mm -hmm. that would have been terrible, most likely, um, being hospitalized during that period. So I obviously had some recovery to do anyway. So in that, if you look at that specific thing, the timing was quite good for me it's like okay nothing is going on now anyway i'm actually not missing out mm -hmm. I, I i wouldn't have been able to do these shows anyway but then when the pandemic started to drag on it's like okay it's not just a month it's two months three months it's a year it's one and a half it's like yeah obviously that would no, that was a completely different ballpark but yeah. i trained a lot I, did, I, I got through the um uh, the recovery period quite uh quite nicely got very quick, quickly back into training and loads of just trying to build them build the body up as good as possible for wrestling and thinking more along those lines um i still did a bit of uh, martial arts training but obviously all types of trainings were kind of hard at that point uh not just wrestling uh martial arts as well uh so it wasn't it wasn't a lot of that going on um but i had good people around me to keep me occupied so and like i said a lot of watching wrestling and i think that helped me a lot as well it's one of those things during that time, unless you literally live with someone who 
did did wrestling or, or or would help work out it was a case of yeah just just having to try watch or go out for a run and avoid people and and all that uh, but yeah it's it's it was just one of those weird times that i don't know we're, we're still probably going to see the after effects of well probably still are three years on oh absolutely and i'm thinking as well for for the kids that grew up in that period and how like substantial things in their lives like the around the early teens for example during the pandemic or young children not getting the social um maybe the social development as quickly as other kids would get and so on so i think i think it's a lot of a lot of things with that we haven't actually seen the effects of yet which is a scary thought but Mm -hmm. um we'll have to make up for it as well as we can and if it comes to wrestling i kind of feel like the audience when the pandemic actually subsided um the audience was very hungry for the type of entertainment that wrestling can provide um that feeling of being a part of something and just joining joining the show in a way because the audience is so important to make the product work when it comes to wrestling mm-hmm. and if they're not in it it's it's not the same it's just not no i saw some of these closed door things and, and it just yeah it just was not as as entertaining because you needed that you need you uh, yourself a, a like you're saying the crowd needs to be there and you need to feed off their reaction as well because you don't know if you're doing your job right if nobody's doing anything in return to to yay or boo as well um when it came to to your to your look because we're all over the place already but uh, when it came to your your actual look was it just a natural progression from what you would naturally have for your mma background like the uh taped up ankles and feet no boots no that was that just most comfortable for you or did you try boots and were like no kind of thing was was how did you kind of shape your look <laughs> um but a lot of the but what if you put it this way when i started my first couple of matches i actually had more muay thai gear uh you know the shorts the the sports tops i've always gone barefoot uh i did training for the first couple of months with boots like boxing boots and i just felt super uncomfortable and I was like, do I have to wear these really? And I was like, if if you if you can manage to do everything everyone else can without, doesn't matter. Uh, but it hurts being barefoot sometimes. It's not always fun. Uh, oh, if you take bumps, for example, and like you hit the feet, which happens all the time, you get stepped on. You um, the ropes feels very different if you don't have a the sole of a boot. Uh, so it's not always fun, especially not if it's. Uh, cold floors and uh, people spilling beer and you're outside the ring and so on. It's it's a lot of uh, things for that people don't actually think about. But I, I don't think I would be, uh, I would not be comfortable putting on boots now. I don't think. Uh, I've done, I've gone so long now without just being barefoot and always with the martial arts as well. Like It feels wrong to kick someone in the face with the shoe. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it, it feels much nicer barefoot, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, not uh, not that I get I get kicked that often, um, unless it's my one year old, and you know I can I can deal with that. Uh, but it just it just sounds like again that your this this your tolerance for pain because even though it's not always a physical sharp pain uh, when walking around in sticky floors, but it's still a uncomfortable pain that that's going on. So uh, the, the more the more that we speak, the more that I'm thinking, yeah, I can do any of this. I'm just I'm quite happy what I'm, I'll stay side i'll stay this side of the microphone thank you and we'll just uh i'll watch yeah, you guys st- do st- it st- 
and say, stay tuned for the day I get booked in a hardcore match and someone brings the thumbtacks. Oh, That's God. what I'm going to freak out. Lego, thumbtacks. have not happened yet. <laughs> well, you're just, you're just going to give uh, people ideas. I mean, cause I know that we do have, we have Luke Sharp has already got mentioned in this, but I know, I know he's, he's quite fond of a, of a hardcore match, especially in Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. So, you know, you might just be giving him more uh, ammunition here to, to, to throw out there. Um, so speaking of 2021 now, so we spoke about Sand Graps being a big opportunity. Uh, the next note I had was was you had a match with Session Moth Martina, who was just off the back of, or still kind of in that interim period of being in Ring of Honor. She just kind of had a couple matches and then the world ended. Um, so that's a pretty big opponent to have, especially for an opportunity to people to see you. Much like Body Slam, but Martina's a huge name in, in wrestling, independent wrestling especially. Um, was that a, a match that, speaking of beer as well, um, is that a match that you're particularly proud of, of the opportunity, or was it just one of those nerve-wracking moments where you had to try and just get through? I mean, she was she was amazing to work with, first of all. I, I really enjoyed uh, that match. For I mean, I don't, I don't think it's my technically best match to date, uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, so I'd, I'd say, um, yeah, it was a big moment. It was also, it was also so good being off the, just right after the Scandagraps, having that kind of opponent. Uh, after that match, it's also got announced that it's going to be a uh, women's championship coming up in Bordeslam. Uh So it, it was, it was a big moment, I think, for um, for women's wrestling in the Nordics as well, or in Scandinavia. Uh, so yeah, it was important that that match worked. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, yeah, we had we had an injury in that match, though, which I'm kind of like, ugh, about. But apart from that, I mean, it I was one of those good things. I see one of those matches with Martina um, is is because I suppose all of wrestling is you do the moves and you're supposed to do them as well as possible and and great. But a match with Martina is probably a bit more character based, character driven. You've got to kind of react to her shenanigans and all that kind of stuff. Is it, you did mention you watching a lot of wrestling during that time? Was was that something that you were focused on in on just the character work, or um, did you? I mean, like definitely, you uh, definitely, and it's, it's also finding finding yourself as a wrestler, who who you are in the ring. That's uh, that's not an easy task, mm-hmm. and I think that's also like a progress that that takes time. And I don't think I'm there yet either. Uh, obviously, working with someone that has a very clear gimmick and obviously a very comedic one as well, and very expressive, um, that was a really good learning experience because I hadn't done that many of those kind of matches at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, I mean, I had I had ideas uh, to the table for that one as well. That obviously never happened. I would so have loved to have a drink off with Martina at the start and um, just go like drunken master style. That's still something I'm like dreaming of doing at some point. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I could pull it off, but it would be amazing to try. <laughs> I, I haven't seen or heard of Drunken Master for a very long time. That's, uh, that's I just. I uh, mean, I didn't. I didn't watch wrestling growing up, but I watched all of like the old martial arts movies. So, yeah. I get you get your Jackie Chan things in and stuff like that, just just to kind of drive exactly. the ideas. Because because oh, if, if there's a guy, whatever, you can probably still do it now. If there's a guy that could, could translate to wrestling. That's that's, that's it. Oh, in a heartbeat, in oh. a heartbeat, no problems there. Amazing. Um, and then 2022 arrived, and you had your well, got written down as your UK debut for Wrestle Island. So 
you was it just Sweden or Denmark as well? And so the the Nordics and Scandinavia that you were based in. Was this your first kind of outside of that, sir? Did you get Germany? Uh, no, was no, I don't think I've done Germany at that point, but I did do Belgium uh, before the pandemic. I think that was the first one outside of the Nordic countries. Obviously, uh, Sweden, Denmark, Finland. I've uh, been to quite a lot and had at that point as well. But yeah, I think Belgium was my first down Europe. Uh, and that was for Relentless. Uh, that is uh, not a promotion anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, Wrestle Island was definitely my first in the UK, and it was one of the first. Um, I mean, it was the first in the UK, and one one of the first substantial bookings outside of uh, Scandinavia. So that was a that was a big deal as well. It was one uh, of the things, now... So I was say, what was one of the things where you felt like in that moment, even though you see goals and all that, was that a moment where you thought, okay, I've I think I could probably achieve all these things now that I'm getting booked. In the UK, in Belgium, and just outside of of the kind of wheel, the, the Scandinavian wheelhouse, you're you're kind of making your way out there. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it, I mean, I've been looking at the UK scene for quite a while at that point. I was like, it would be fun to do something. Um, I mean, I'm I'm coming from a bit of a small region, so I didn't, I don't expect to get flown in everywhere because it costs quite a lot of money and so on. And I didn't at that point, at least at all. Uh, so everything has been very much like, oh, wow, people actually want to pay for me coming in to to uh, to wrestle uh, in different places. So yeah, it's, it's always, I'm always very, very grateful that that's actually an opportunity to get around the world in this, uh, uh, in this way. And I'm thinking as well, it's like if I didn't do wrestling, I so many places, so many people I wouldn't have met or seen. It's, uh, it's baffling when you start actually thinking about it. Yeah, UK UK is obviously it's a it's a big market for wrestling and it's a huge deal. Uh, Wrestle Island has always been. I mean, I've been there twice. It's a super fun company to uh, to be at, and I have a lot of friends as well um, working that scene. So, so it's, it's um, that was a really cool experience, just doing it for the first time and then being able to come back as well, obviously. So is, is that just your first trip to UK and the UK in general, or? or... It was. Have you been there before, or did you get a chance to have a look around anywhere, or was it just a case of you wanted to get in and just concentrate on? I mean, I've been to the UK before that for uh, both for holiday and uh, for martial arts. Actually, I've been to quite a few martial arts camps in, in the UK. Okay. Uh, but this is a uh, wrestling is different. Uh, <laughs> it's a different scene, different uh, different poles to it as well. When you go on a on a trip to do a show. Uh, the pacing compared to anything else is so is so different, and how how the interactions is going to be as well. And it's obviously it's always a worry. You're in a new locker room. You don't know what rules apply. It's a new audience uh, that might react to different things. It's always uh, I mean, certain places I've been to, it's been it's been very hard for me to to read what is what is this audience gonna 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 react to. What are they gonna think is um, interesting for a baby face for example what, what is the right type of approach to this or or as a heel in that, depending on as well so i mean it's it's, it's always a, it's it's nerve-wracking but it's also extremely interesting and it's so much fun absolutely i mean i, I as someone from the uk as well we, we always think it's it's, it's probably be, be a bit um 
egotistical maybe, but you kind of think the UK is kind of the centre of European wrestling, but it's probably it's probably a bit more Germany and all that kind of thing. But um, it's it's very interesting just to hear experiences from the likes of of uh, the Scandinavians or having you don't have as much wrestling. So when you come over here, and the fans are rabid and they get the opportunity to see wrestling almost weekly if they wanted to. No, it kicked me out this time. I'm back. Hello. <laughs> back. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Nice. So that's fine. I've got a wee technical difficulties thing. I'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, so so I was saying, it must be just just mad that, that people know who you are and they, you come to the UK and, and they've seen you wrestle and they're they're able to to know what you, you're going to do at the same time. It must be just yeah, mind-blowing. It really, really is. Uh, I, I didn't expect that to have that in life, if you know what I mean. Uh, that came with wrestling, and I think, uh, yeah, as I said before, I don't, I don't see any other scenario that would have been a thing for me. Uh, even in martial arts, I, I trained a lot, and I obviously have several black belts and so on. But uh, and and since I never competed in it, it's not working. I didn't compete at that level. Let's say I did, I did a couple of local. Uh, Things and actually, they get some bigger competitions, but not not on the scale of obviously the UFC and so on. Uh, so, um, yeah, just just having people knowing who you are, and all of a sudden you're tagged in something like an article from Japan or a podcast from the US, or like you, for example, reaching out from from Scotland. It's like, can we do can we do an interview? It's uh, it baffles me, and I I kind of hope it's gonna keep baffling me for the rest of my wrestling career. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to be the person that feels like, oh, yeah, obviously it's going to be like this, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think I will be. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very grateful for the opportunities. Absolutely. So, um, just going again, going through our wee timeline here. There's quite a few matches that you had with, uh, with uh, Emerson Jane, of course, a big favorite uh, for myself anyway. I'm a big fan of Emerson Jane, and and including uh, a little rivalry over the Body Slam Women's Championship that we mentioned a little bit ago. So she defeated you in a tournament final, and then a couple months later, you ended up defeating her for the title as well. So that whole experience then, so being in the final of the tournament for the title itself, and then having that little defeat as well, and then eventually overcoming Emerson Jane and becoming the champion, was that how, how was that for you? I mean, she one of my favorite opponents ever. Um, so extremely good in the ring, and I've learned so much. From just working with her so um yeah that was um yeah uh, both the matches uh, i had with her some of my favorite ones and i think they will be for well i mean what do i know maybe for the rest of my life because i really really enjoyed working those matches um and i think the story the build-up as well like the tournament uh obviously coming off still fairly fresh with the scan grabs having the tournament for the women's belt and because uh, it was a lot of assumptions that I was just going to win it mm-hmm. uh, I mean I even had people walking up to me the day after and it's like oh congratulations like I didn't win <laughs> you realize I did not win the belt <laughs> so it's a, a lot of people just assume that yeah of course that's going to happen uh, but yeah she's uh, she's amazing she definitely deserved to be the first uh, body slam women's champion i can't say anything about that uh, although i'm very happy i got the chance to to win it back <laughs> so um oh i don't think i can hear you 
no, it's fine. I was just, I was just oh. listening. I was just listening. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> listening intently. Um, so, when, yeah, when it came, comes to winning the belt, though, as someone who, who came in a little bit later into, I said, just came into wrestling through through your background, um, was that as, again, is that, do you kind of think of it as a job well done? You get trusted with this belt, or do you, do you are you the kind of person that's going to wear it uh, out afterwards and celebrate your, that you, you're the champ? How, how do you feel belts are, uh, in your opinion, when it comes to wrestling? I think, uh, I mean, it's obviously a bit of duality to it uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, it's it's an honor, I'd say. Any promotion that chooses to put a belt on, on anyone, uh, that is a huge honor and it's something they trust you with with um, giving that championship match, they trust you with being able to carry that, and obviously, if you get the belt to carry the championship for that promotion, that that is not something you should take lightly. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and even more so if it's like, for example, Body Slam, because Body Slam is not my original promotion. It's close by, but it's not the country I actually live in. They have to bring me in. They don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. They chose to do that. Uh, so that obviously means it means a lot. Um, it's a lot of trust, and uh, I mean, hopefully they feel at this point is well earned. But <laughs> but oh, you want to you want to perform for that. You want to you want to give them the product there they want to get, obviously, or they're trying to get. And that's it's not always that easy either. It's uh, I've had a few different belts. And it's been very different circumstances, stories around them as well. Uh, I think the body slam one is uh, still the one I might be holding most dearly. I had that for quite a while now. I'm still still holding it. So, um, yeah, that was a really big turning stone, I'd say. Uh, First with the Scandigraph, then coming into the Women's Champion, and then the story is still going on. I mean, I had other feuds for it. I still kept on to it. So, see what the future brings. But hopefully good opponents, that's... uh, there's also the thing with carrying a belt, because the championship belt needs to be defended against people of the level that could that could possibly take the belt, right? So you get a lot of interesting matches that way, which is um, as as a, as a wrestler that is um, that is worth so much for your own development and for. Uh, as I said, I'm still fairly new in this. I'm still learning, and I'm you, you learn so much from these kind of matches. Uh, um, so coming to that, then twenty twenty two still I'm still in that year, and it seems to be a, that, that seems to be your breakout year. I, I would say between the, the end of the year being scanning graps, but twenty twenty two just going through your 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 list of opponents that you were having, including um, making your debut in WXW uh, in Germany. You had matches with like Killer Kelly, uh, Masa Slamovich, and you were in the Femme Fatales twenty twenty two, which you won uh, as well. So. That and then you were five months as WXW Women's Champion. So that's is is Germany is WXW kind of now. I know your second, third home that you've you've got going with Body Slam being your second and your actual home being your first. Uh, so how how's it like being in WXW? Oh, I mean, it's it's also as I said, it's it's such an honor to be brought in somewhere and be be put in those kind of matches and with those opportunities. And I'm so grateful for everything they've done for me in this. Um, I mean, I th- I'm thinking, because I've been a lot to Germany for a while now, and um, we'll see what's going to happen going forward, obviously. 
uh, new champions now. I don't think I will um, I will challenge for that belt uh, in the near future. Uh, but who knows? Uh, I I reckon that's not going to be in the ballpark right now. But I have my eyes on a few different markets, so we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, Germany's been amazing, and like the fans there are. Um, I mean, it's the same as when you come to the UK as well. It's like the fans there know wrestling. We we have amazing amazing crowds in Scandinavia, uh, but they're um, they're not wrestling fans necessarily. Obviously, you have wrestling fans as well, but they're they're there to see to see a spectacle. They're there to see a show. They're there to have fun. They're there to scream at the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you have a different type of vibe in in both Germany and the UK when people understand the product in a different way, which is challenging in a lot of ways. Um, especially if you're used to very rowdy crowds, like people who just throws glasses and screams and just like living their best life kind of on the side of the ring. But um, but but I I enjoyed that as well, and especially the contrast. You can learn a lot from that as well. And say, okay, these kind of interactions. What can I do with that? What do I need to do? And how do I need to think about my own being or my own character mm-hmm. to make it work for this setting? Because it is different. Um, and the the first time I, I came across that in uh, in Relentless in Belgium, I was terrified. It was a quiet audience, and there obviously wasn't an audience. It was the first uh, wrestling show in Belgium, at least for a very long time. I don't know if it was the first one ever, possibly. Um, so it it wasn't it wasn't a crowd that was used to those kind of to that kind of um, of that kind of show, but. So everyone was kind of like freaking out. It's like, oh, what's going on? Are we doing the right thing? And then people coming up afterwards and like, oh, this is great and loving this and that. And then you're starting to understand that, okay, it's just different ways of being depending on like the culture is different or the how, how you think about how you should react in a wrestling match, the type of fans. So it's, um, I like puzzles and it's kind of a puzzle still. Um, so from there, we'll, we'll kind of work just about at uh, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling just this past weekend as of recording. Uh, but I'll just again go through your list of, of opponents. Uh, Luke King Sharp, who third mention of, of the show. Uh, if you rest him in July, uh, you've had matches with Regina Rosendahl, who again we've had on the show before, pioneer in Finnish uh, wrestling, uh, women's wrestling especially. Um, former NXT talent, and I've, I don't know how to say it, Amali. Is that Amali? A male? Uh, Amal, I think. Amal? Amal. So, think so Sorry if I'm wrong. <laughs> that's all right. I've, I've butchered that uh, so many times, and, and that's why I was going to hesitate for a moment before I actually said it. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, Killer Kelly, Maslanovic. So you've had a, a big, big uh, roster of, of top quality wrestlers that are worldwide known uh, through NXT or TNA or, sorry, Impact. I'll never get used to that. Impact Wrestling, AEW. Um, but now you're in Scotland, of course, the most important of the of the accolades there. Um, <laughs> after so, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling, you had a four way Femme, Femme Fatale, four way Lexi Lux, Ruby Roberts, Daisy Jenkins, a Scottish crowd. I mean, English crowd's fine, they're all good, but Scottish crowd's a bit special. Um, what was it like just having that experience for Copenhagen Championship Wrestling and just, just what we thought of the match itself as well? I mean, obviously, it's super, super exciting to be in a new territory. Uh, I mean, four ways are hard. That's a hard match to get right. Uh, so 
I'd say I had a lot of fun with it. I, um, but I, the match in itself, I'd say it was it was maybe not a perfect match, but like I said, a lot of fun. It had its, uh, it definitely had moments, um, and I hope it's going to be memorable for the audience. Mm-hmm. Really fun audience as well, um, and it's that's something I'm not so used to actually, like the mix with um, adults and children. Which I think is uh, super cool. I wish we did that more around here, mm-hmm. um, but it's usually alcohol sales, and you can't, you know, age uh, groups and so on. There's a lot of rules and regulations around that um, in Scandinavia, which is not bad. But uh, no, it's super fun having like the family crowd and the... this is church as well, which is unusual. It's not the first time I wrestled in a church, uh, but it's quite unusual to have that opportunity. It's a really cool venue. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just I was really happy to be able to be there and uh obviously Scotland as well. I mean I met Molly Spartan. I never worked with her, but I met her. Um had a seminar with her in Finland. She's also like a person I would love to meet in the ring one day and there's others as well. It's like it's so much talent. So it's, it's I'm really hoping to be able to tap into to the Scottish uh, market a bit more. Uh and I must say I really enjoyed. I stayed a couple extra days as well. Um and I mean, everyone's just lovely. <laughs> and I stayed in Edinburgh for an extra day uh, yesterday. That's why I came home like an hour before we started this. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I've had a really good time. Uh, amazing trip. As someone who, who from, from getting from our chat here, you're quite studious when it comes to you'd like to scope out where you are. Is there anywhere else in Scotland that you've you kind of got your eye on, um, like a, I don't know, like a Discovery Wrestling or something like that. Just, just or ICW. Is there anywhere else that you're maybe wanting to to pop into Iron Girders for Molly Spartan, for example? Is, is there anywhere else that you've had your eye on? I mean, I'm. I'd say the promotion in itself. Uh, if it's an interesting, if it's an interesting match, and an opportunity to to meet new people, I'm up for anything. Uh, all challengers accepted kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I mean, Iron Girls would be amazing. ICWs, obviously. I mean, I met met quite a few, like, like yeah, Leighton Bassett, for example. He's even been to, to Sweden, but I met him in WXW as well and so on. So, so, so many so many great people uh, coming from this region. Uh, I, I have to be honest, I'm not sure exactly about all the different promotions around. I know there's quite a few. Um, but yes, so much talent, and so much, um, and so much opportunities that, yeah, just hoping to get uh, get the foot in somewhere and have some fun, have some fun with the audience as well, and hopefully have the character grow here a bit more. Obviously, when you walk in as a character, that's not people maybe not as introduced to, uh, and being in the same match as uh, as Daisy, uh, for example, that is. Uh, such a such just lovely personality and just bubbles up in the ring as well it's, uh yeah it's super fun excellent all right so we've got a bunch of questions in that, that uh from instagram a couple none of it's wrestling related so we'll just we'll just go through them as we as we kind of wrap up here but uh first question i'll get you through our ones first first question i ask everyone is what's your favorite dinosaur oh Okay, I have not got that one before. <laughs> That's uh, what you get on this podcast. <laughs> maybe Velociraptor, possibly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. 
Uh, another question you'll probably never had unless you spent any time with, uh, with with the crew at Copenhagen. Uh, what would win in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Sorry, could you repeat that? What would win in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Oh, okay. Um, I'd say the cow, probably. That's right. That's the question. That's that's the one that's going to be in the brain for the rest of the day. That's that's the one that's that you're yeah. going to come back to. Uh, but that's, that's fine. Another one for the cow. Cows get quite popular this season uh, for for whatever reason. I'm still on the side of the sheep. But, uh, I'm from I'm from the northeast of Scotland, so that's probably that's probably for different reasons. Um, so Instagram, we've got again. Not none of these are wrestling related, but uh, we'll plow ahead. We've got Stone Malone uh, asking, "What's your favorite McFlurry?" I'm sure, you're not a McFlurry person, are you? Uh. Oh, flurry like the um, the drinks, right? Oh, the ice, the McDonald's ice cream. Oh, I have to be completely honest and say I very rarely do McDonald's. Uh, we have other more local chains here. That I was going to say, I was going to say, I've I've seen you're you're very much in shape. I I would be surprised if McDonald's went near you for for a while. Uh, I'm I'm a different I mean, shape. McDonald's gone to me probably <laughs> looks like every day, but uh, yeah, so. I mean, if I can imagine, they have they have like uh, caramel, chocolate, strawberry, something like that, right? Yeah. If I were to choose, if I felt like a treat, I'd probably go for the caramel one. Okay, that's that's fair. Good choice. <laughs> and he's also asked, "Who's your favorite Avenger?" Oh, I mean, that's that's an interesting one. I maybe I want to say Black Widow on that one. Because who doesn't like a, like a girl that kicks ass, right? <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. And uh, Ian Skinner. I don't know if you're aware of Ian Skinner. He's a very interesting individual in the world of wrestling. Um, he's, again, not wrestling related. He's just put Borat or Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I'd say Austin Powers, maybe. <laughs> He's gonna like that uh, that answer because uh, you, if you haven't followed Ian Skinner, probably best to because he's just a bit he's out there, but he keeps going on about <laughs> pr setting up a promotion called Austin Powers Pro Wrestling, and it'll just be all the characters are are Austin Powers based. So now you've picked Austin Powers, he'll probably tap you up to I don't know who to play. Brilliant! Uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> It's one of those things that will never happen, but it seems to be a plan that, that, that comes by every so often that he thinks of it. Um, so, I honestly yeah. think, though, it should be more wrestling promoters. There is a bit, like, out there with, like, weird concept. Just throw it out there and see what sticks. I mean, Shikara was running for quite a while, regardless of what you want to say about... Um, well, I mean, regardless of what happened later and what came out, obviously, but the idea... Mm -hmm. But like its own universe and with all the weird stuff and like everything goes as long as like consistent. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean wrestling at the end of the day is it's supposed to be for like, the the main source of income will be parents taking their kids. That's the kind of the main source of income wrestling generally is. So you've got yeah got to remember that. I mean I'm, I'm 33 now and I'm very aware that if I go to a wrestling show, I am not the target market. I am, but I'm going to enjoy myself anyway, kind of thing. But um, that's just the the fun of wrestling. So one day wrestling maybe... is for everyone, though. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just you you might need to learn to enjoy it in a way. If you if you're not exposed to it, you might have preconceptions. But it really is for everyone. Yeah. It's like basic uh, the basic elements of storytelling in a very dynamic way. Mm 
okay, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's fair, absolutely fair. I'm I'm just there to to yay and boo. That's pretty much my my uh, operate uh, modus operandi when it comes to wrestling now, it's, and which I'm happy with. That's still so fair. Years. Yeah, <laughs> I've been watching it for twenty years. At the end of the day, I'm I'm not there for nuance. I'm there for for uh, just just don't subtly tell me. I just just tell me. I'll, I'm I'm cool. I'm, I'm I'm sold. I've bought a ticket. I'm sold in wrestling. It's fine. Um, so as as we wrap up here, as as uh, I think my my internet decides it wants to 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 unalive itself, um, so we'll, we'll we'll kind of try try and move towards the end. Um, who's who's we mentioned promotions, and that does that's not kind of your first and foremost thought. It's more of the opponents that you want to get in the ring with. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Ollie Spartan, uh, and you you had your matches with with Emerson and and Ruby Roberts and Daisy Jenkins and Lexi Lux recently. Is there anyone that's of male or female that's of interest to you right now that you think, I think I'm ready to face that person. I think we could make something interesting. Oh, you mean in general or? Um... Go general. I mean, the, yeah. the, the forbidden door, uh, quote unquote, is, is open. Uh, you can get <laughs> anyone in the world. Uh, Shayna Baszler is available. You get Shayna Baszler. You can get Ronda Rousey. Uh, who who are you wanting? Who's, who's your... Who's on your your Cody Rhodes list of opponents? I mean, it's gonna be a very very long list that we're not gonna have time for. I think. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, it's so it's so so many wrestlers I would love to face, uh, and obviously, depending on you see them doing doing a match and scouting and like oh, after that match, this opponent would be like, I would absolutely love that. Uh, but something that I would be ready for today. That's. Uh, that makes it a little bit harder. <laughs> uh, I was really actually hoping to um, to get a match with uh, John Akai. Uh, I'm actually going to the US in September. So um, that was uh, something I was really, really hoping for. That's not going to be available, though. She's in Japan. Uh, but um, hopefully some other time. That would, be a, that would be a really exciting match to have, I think. Uh, very similar styles. So it could be interesting. Uh, also... Um, I mean, there's so many. It's obviously, I do a lot of intergender matches as well. And it's like also so many cool opponents to have, both in Scandinavia and uh, around the world. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to to work with uh, Shige, for example, Shigehiro Ida uh, from Japan as well, was the former WXW champion. Um, that, would be, that would just be amazing because he's phenomenal in the ring. Um, but um, we'll see what the future brings. It's um, it's a vast world, <laughs> that's, and uh, that's yeah, it. it's. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would I would pick like I think um, at least um, five ten people out of every every promotion if I got a chance because there's so much to learn and so much so many different styles to try to like figure out. Um, so it's, it's it's such a hard question. <laughs> And and because like you say you're 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 kind of in your rookie years as well that you've your back catalogue of opponents though phenomenal uh, so far it's still quite limited in who you've actually faced so there's there's a wide there's a wide ocean out there and you've just got your net trying to trying to catch them as you can kind of thing so um, which really I'm sure is. which I'm sure is is not going to be impossible I'm sure by the time we, if we have, if we ever catch up and. A year or two down the line, your your back catalogue of opponents will be even larger, and and uh, your title trophy cabinet will be even 
more bursting. Although I don't know how it works. You've got to put back the belt afterwards. You don't get to keep it uh, or a replica <laughs> or anything. But uh, but no, this 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 has been a great chat. I mean, there's also a dog collar match I would bring up. But like I say, I'm very aware my internet has been very shocking at the moment. So I'm just I'm I'm just gonna let let you go for the rest of your afternoon. Let you recover from from traveling <laughs> and and actually give you a bit of time to yourself. But uh, thank you very much for joining me. Where can people find out more about Alice Inc? Uh, I'd say I'm uh, obviously you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's my main social media, so to speak. Uh, and but I'm also on Twitter and uh, Facebook. So Alice Inc. Um, and also quite a few YouTube um, matches available if anyone feels like they want to search for it. Excellent. I have the name nope. there. Nope. Once I'm prepared. <laughs> No, nobody plugs going to YouTube and watch their matches. That's that's hopefully that that's a trend that continues. But perfect. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, hopefully everyone's going to be buying your merch and you'll be back to Scotland soon enough as well. Uh, but no, have have a great rest of the day. <laughs>